from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to our final real episode of 2022. This morning's Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. Thursday, December 29th, 2022. We're wrapping up this year. I've got a special announcement, though. Tomorrow, I'll be doing a special drop at 11 a.m., giving you the top five stories of the year in under 15 minutes. Every story is about two minutes long. These are five stories that mattered in 2022 and why. Um, No predictions over 2023, but really what sets the tone for a lot of practitioners over the next year. That I will release tomorrow at 11 a.m., on all of our social media channels, all of our podcast listening platforms, on our YouTube channel. So check that out as we head into the New Year's weekend. Thank you all for being here this morning. Eddie, good morning to you. Avishai, good morning to you as well. Let's grab my double espresso, and I want to wish you all coffee cup cheers. From S, Hans, buenos dias, James, finishing the year strong. I, you know, I'm hoping to Start off next year stronger. I think we never let our foot off the gas is the rule in security. Um, We don't take time off. We don't take our foot off the gas. And so with that being said, let's uh, jump into the show this morning. We've got a bunch of stories in our, you know, in security, typically before like a a long weekend, a holiday weekend, we, we got what we call the cyber surprise. So our cyber surprise goes around Citrix this morning where thousands of Citrix servers are still vulnerable to patched critical flaws. Thousands of the Citrix ADC and gateway deployments remain vulnerable to two critical severity security issues that the founder fixed in recent months. The first flaw is CVE 2022-27510 was fixed on November 8th. It's an authentication bypass that affects both Citrix products. An attacker could exploit it to gain unauthorized access to the device, perform remote desktop takeover, or bypass the login brute force protection. The second bug is tracked as CVE 2022-27518, disclosed and disclosed and patched on December 13th, literally 16 days ago. It allows an unauthenticated attackers to perform remote command execution on vulnerable devices and take full control of them. Threat actors are already exploiting the latter when, when Citrix published the security update to fix it. Today, NCC Group's Fox IT team reported that while most public-facing Citrix endpoints have been updated to a safe environment, Thousands are still unpatched. According to them, they found 28,000 unpatched Citrix servers online. To determine how many of those are vulnerable to the two flaws, they had to learn the version number, which is not included in the HTTP response from the servers. Hence, the team downloaded and deployed all Citrix ABC versions that they could source from Citrix, Google Cloud Marketplace, AWS, and Azure on VMs and matched hashes to versions. Thousands of them are still unpatched patched and and that kind of goes into what are we waiting for um and so you can obviously tell around you know 3500 machines are still exploitable uh under the cve 2022-27518 and around a thousand servers are vulnerable to 27510 with 3000 endpoints being potentially vulnerable to both critical bugs um with a predominantly coming in the U.S., Germany, U.K., Switzerland, Australia, Netherlands, China, France, and Canada, um, all there. And something you may want to patch before uh, you head out for your New Year's weekend. 
Several uh, denial of service code execution vulnerabilities have been found in Rockwell's automation controllers. CISA uh, published three advisors to describe a total of four high severity vulnerabilities in Rockwell automation. They've published individual advisories for each security hole. One flaw CVE 2022-3156 impacts Studio 5000 logics. Emulate controller emulation software. The vulnerability is caused by a misconfiguration that results in users being granted elevated permissions on certain product services. An attacker could exploit the weakness for remote code execution. The second one, CVE 2022-3157, which affects compact logics, guard logics, and control logics controller. An attacker can exploit the flaw to launch a denial of service attack against a device by sending a specially crafted CIP request that cause a major non-recoverable fault. The remaining vulnerabilities impact MicroLogic's 1,100 and 1,400 programmable logic controllers. Those are all the PLCs. One of the security holes, CVE 2022-46670, is a stored cross-site scripting issue in the embedded web server that can be exploited for remote code execution without authentication. The second bug, CVE 2022-3166, is a click jacking issue. Uh, the first two vulnerabilities have been patched. The last two have mitigation that prevent the attacks. There's no evidence of anyone taking advantage of those at the moment. BTC.com is the latest to lose $3 million worth of cryptocurrency in a cyber attack. The largest of the cryptocurrency mining pools announced that it was a victim of a cyber attack that resulted in the theft of approximately $3 million worth of crypto assets belonging to both the customers and the company. According to the mining pool tracker, BTC.com is the seventh largest cryptocurrency mining pool with 2.66% of the network's total hash rate. Some of the stolen assets have already been recovered, around 700,000 worth of crypto owned by its client and 2.3 million in digital assets owned by the company were stolen. In the cyber attack, certain digital assets were stolen, including approximately 700,000 in assets value owned by BTC.com's clients and approximately 2.3 million in assets valued owned by the company. After detecting the attack on December 3rd, BTC.com reported the incident to Chinese law enforcement authorities in Shenzhen. The company has since recovered some of the stolen crypto, although it has not disclosed how much it actually did recover. Um, so that's another story there. The Department of Justice has arrested a man behind the brazen $100 million attack on Mango Markets. The man who admitted to launching the $100 million hack against crypto platform Mango Markets was arrested in Puerto Rico, according to the Justice Department on Tuesday. Avraham uh, Eisenberg appeared in court in the Southern District of New York following his arrest. An unsealed indictment charges Eisenberg with commodities frauds and commodities manipulations for his role in exploiting Mango Markets, which is a decentralized cryptocurrency exchange that has its own native crypto token called MNGO. FBI agent Brandon Rass, who was tasked with investigating the case, found that in October, Eisenberg participated in a scheme to steal approximately $110 million by artificially manipulating the price of the perpetuals a type of future contract on the Mango market platforms. Eisenberg effectively sold a large amount of Mango to another account he controlled, artificially increasing the price of the coin in a span of 20 minutes. Because Mango Markets allows investors to borrow and withdraw crypto based on the value of their assets on the platform, the increase in the value of the MNGO perpetuals uh, Eisenberg had purchased allowed Eisenberg to borrow, then withdraw approximately $110 million worth of various cryptocurrencies from Mango Markets, which came from deposits of other investors. Eisenberg has no plan to repay the money after he withdrew his deposits on the platform, the price of MNGO perpetuals fell, leading to losses among other investors. He used his passport photo to verify his accounts, according to the FBI 
Uh, everything else was recorded on the blockchain. Between October 11th and 13th, officials connected to Mango Markets began negotiating with Eisenbergs in the hopes that he would return some of the funds that had been taken. Two sides eventually agreed on a deal that would see Eisenberg return about $67 million to Mango Markets, and in exchange, the company agreed to waive certain civil claims and refrain from pursuing criminal investigations or attempting to freeze assets during the scheme. Eisenberg sent the cryptocurrency and then took to Twitter to claim credit for the attack. October 15th, he wrote that he believed that all of his trades were legal, open market actions using the protocol as designed. Um, he's now been arrested and charged. Uh, very interesting story there. And finally, our last story of this year on the regular show is TikTok has been banned from all House of Representative devices. About time the federal government catches up to the states. The states have handled this so much better than the federal government. The federal government has been inapt in dealing with TikTok. Uh, TikTok is now banned from all devices managed by the House of Representatives, but not the House of Representatives phones here. This is what's really important. So they're on their private phones. Congressmen and women and senators can still have TikTok. They're just not allowed to have it on any House mobile device, and it's not allowed on House mobile devices either. If you have TikTok, you will be contacted to remove it according to the email. Uh, TikTok does pose a critical risk. The $1.7 trillion spending bill that was approved last week bans TikTok from all government devices, but not from government employee personal devices, which should be the case. Most people work off their personal devices. There's just, there's no cross-referencing this. This is the ineptness of federal government. You've got to be able to remove TikTok from all state and federal government personal and uh, government devices, period. Shouldn't be there. Shouldn't be on a network you use. TikTok should not be anywhere near a network someone who works for the government in any sort of capacity have. It's just my humble opinion. That's it for our show this year. First of all, tomorrow, 11 a.m., I'll do the top five stories of 2022 and what they mattered. Um, and, and, and no predictions because I just don't believe in predictions. I, I don't. Um, um, it's just not there for me. Uh, so tomorrow, 11 a.m., I'll release that episode. I'm not sure if it's going to be live or pre-recorded yet. Um, it just depends. I've been working on it for the last week, um, and and it, it'll just really be based on if my sore throat continues to remain sore, whether I do it live or not. Thank you all for all your support for the last year. I'd be remiss if it wasn't for all of you listeners and viewers. You tune in every single day and take 10 to 15 minutes to join the show. Um that this show would not be what it is without all of you kind viewers. So thank you very, very, very much for all of your support. Please make sure to subscribe. Go check out our YouTube channel. A new season of CISO Talk is coming in 2023. I'm really excited. A new season of Goodbye Privacy is coming uh, in February of this year. I'm very excited about all of those. Uh, some great episodes in CISO Talk so far. I can't wait to drop it. Um, really appreciate all of your, your support. Um, go check out our brand new website, cyberhubpodcast.com. We'll be launching a cybersecurity forum as well uh, for practitioners. We'll be highlighting every single story we talk about every single morning, and you can discuss, uh, to share best practices, mitigation, or just share your ideas. You can go create your profile uh, as of Monday uh, when we unleash it um, on our website at cyberhubpodcast.com. So you can go check it out there as well. Thank you all for tuning in. Really do appreciate y'all. Again, happy new year to all of you. 
See y'all tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your time away this holiday season and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.